Hi there. Thanks for tuning in to the Res Life Big Rapids podcast. We're glad you found us, and we hope this message helps shape you into something that looks like Christ. Now let's listen in. Look back last year, and last year as a church together, we collected 585 containers of peanut butter and jelly. That, that is awesome, yeah. So this year, I was like, let's see how we compare. This year, we have brought in 1,135. <laughs> Yes, that is awesome. You guys are awesome. And I, I believe there was some sort of competition going on. What was there? Yeah, the, the Sunday morning adults versus the 412 youth. So 1,135 containers. There was a group that brought in 634 of them, and that was the 412. <laughs> so... Well done, 412. Well done, adults, because that last week, we were tallying it by week, the, the 412 had to bring in like 300 and some to catch up with you guys and make sure they, they won. So we all know, obviously, the real winners, though, are the, are the kids who are getting those meals, and you guys are awesome. We just saw in the know, we have um, you know, Sweet Saturday coming up. That's another, another chance to get, get back to our community, and the turkey boxes, too, in November. I have full confidence that you guys are going to show up, and together we're going to show the love of Christ to people in our community. Amen? Amen. Awesome. Well, I am the children's pastor here and the youth pastor, and that's pretty much all I've talked about since I got on stage, right? Children, youth. Well, guess what? Today we're going to keep talking about children. So if you don't like kids, I'm sorry. (laughs) Before we get started, let's go ahead and pray. Father God, we just thank you that we're able to be here this morning, Lord. We thank you for everybody that's here, everybody that's watching online, and thank you for your word, Lord, the truth that is in it. Today, as we're here, we just pray that your word can change us, Lord. We've we've never arrived. There's always more for us to strive for, Lord, and more room for us to grow. So I pray that this word that we're going to discuss this morning can do that for all of us, Lord. It can help us grow to be more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you guys, you guys mind if I get all nostalgic with you for a minute? Is that okay? Do we have anybody that would classify themselves as a Toys R Us kid in the house this morning? Grew up a Toys R Us kid? Yeah? Good. Toys R Us, I don't know if you realize that they've been around for 70 years, so that means most of us in the room have had the opportunity to, to call ourselves a Toys R Us kid. And I'm going to ask you to do something uh, with me here. Remember I mentioned the comment card, so if you don't like this. Um, if... I'm going to sing a little jingle, and if you know the words, why don't you sing along with me? Okay? We're going to do it a cappella. Here we go. I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. There's a million toys at Toys R Us that I can play with. From bikes to trains to video games, it's the biggest toy store there is. I don't want to grow up, because baby, if I did, I couldn't be a Toys R Us kid. Boom! Well done. And I like both, both this service and last service. Someone threw in the gee whiz there, too. Well done. Well done, guys. Oh. Well, I, I remember as a kid, I went to Toys R Us a lot. I, I was a kid. I loved toys. But for me, I love G.I. Joes. Any G.I. Joe fans in the house? Oh, man. I, I remember going still. I, I could picture in my mind going into the Alpine Toys R Us, going to the back of the store where the action figure aisle was, and as a kid, I don't know how big it actually was, but as a kid, it seemed like there was like 15 rows wide, eight rows tall, eight figures deep, 
hundreds and hundreds of G.I. Joes. And I would just go in there. And as, as a six-year-old kid, that was heaven on earth for me right there. It was. And most of you guys have probably heard or seen in the news this year, it has not been a good year for Toys R Us. No. If, if you didn't hear, they, they filed for bankruptcy, and they actually closed their final store uh, back in the end of June, I think it was. So for me, yeah, when I saw this online, I, like had, to, I had to not cry. I was like, no. I felt like a part of my childhood had died. And I, I don't know about you guys. I don't know where you, your personal stance on Toys R Us. Um, the Bible doesn't mention Toys R Us at all, to my knowledge. So, so you can have your own opinions of it. But are, are there things from your childhood that you miss? Are there things from your childhood? Or do you ever have those thoughts, man, I wish I could be a kid again. I wish I could be a kid again. Life was so much easier then. With that in mind, here, here's what we're going to talk about today. So we're going to start in the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 through 4. That's where we're going to start this morning. It says, at that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, this is Jesus speaking, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So most of us, if we're honest, we've had those thoughts. You know, I wanting to be a kid again, wish I was a kid again. And the truth is, truth is, guys, for a lot of us, we need to be more like a kid again. We do. Here in these verses, the disciples were, were pretty much arguing about who is greater in the kingdom of God. And Jesus, Jesus just shows up and he's like, boom, this little kid. I don't think the disciples saw that coming. Whoever was like a child, that's who. So being in a child like this way, it's actually, it's the perfect picture of what it means to be a responsible, mature Christian adult. And you think about that, and it sounds funny to say that being a child, being like a child, is how to be a, a responsible, mature Christian adult. So you might be like, huh? Let, let me explain. Let me explain. So right here, Jesus, he's not telling us to be childish. So if you're like, oh man, I just want to be irresponsible, run around and not take care of things. That's not what Jesus is saying here. He's not telling us to be childish. He's telling us to have childlike qualities. So with that in mind, I was thinking, what are some qualities that a child has? What are some childlike qualities? I'm just going to list some here, um, throw them out to you guys. One is a, a child is trusting. Children are trusting. Another is a child believes the best. Or a child has hope. Another is children are, are humble and teachable, for the most part. Some of you school teachers are like, eh. <laughs> Another thing, and this one got me, a child, a child is content in the little things. How many of you bought an expensive toy for your kid and then they play with the cardboard box instead, you know? <laughs> children can be content with such little things. Another thing is a, a child has faith that can move mountains. And children, they are constantly amazed and in wonder. So all those things I just listed, those are those childlike qualities. So according to Jesus, what, what he's saying is he wants us to come before God like a child. We should have faith like a child. We should trust like a child. So in Matthew 18.3, we just read it. I want to point out something there. Jesus said, 
unless you change, unless you change and become like a child. So that tells me Jesus knew we wouldn't always be like a child, right? That makes sense. If you have to change, it means you have to change because you're not that way. <coughs> so we need to change qualities about ourselves as we grow to stay more childlike. Now, we've learned from our last series with Pastor Ross, the Hobby Lobby Theology. How many of you guys really enjoyed the Hobby Lobby Theology series? Yeah, that was, that was a great series. We learned in there to look at the context of verses, right? Not to just pull one verse out and, and just base everything off of that. We have to look at the context, look at the words there. And it's also a good idea to look at the Bible as a whole and see what it says about a specific topic or idea. So right now you might be thinking, really, children's pastor? Easy for you to say. We should be like a child. Well, I want to pull up another piece of scripture here. This is in the Gospel of Mark. Gospel of Mark, it's chapter 10, verses 13 through 15. So I'm going to go ahead and read these for us here. You guys can follow along. One day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples. And he said to them, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. That last verse there? That's a pretty strong verse, isn't it? That is a pretty strong verse. And it sounds very similar to what we just talked about and read in Matthew. These are two separate situations, but Jesus is saying the same thing. So I, I don't know, maybe that Toys R Us song, that wasn't your thing. Maybe you don't consider yourself a Toys R Us kid. It's okay. We still love you. God still loves you too. Maybe, maybe you just don't really like kids. Maybe that, that's, that's probably okay, huh? But it's pretty hard to ignore when Jesus Christ himself tells us something like he did here in verse 15. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. You got my attention, Jesus. That's one of those verses that you can't just read over that like no big deal. That, that gets my attention, gets my eyes open. Okay, what's he talking about? Let's see what he's talking about. And I believe what he's trying to show us here is that there's a lot we can learn from kids. There's a lot we can learn from children when it comes to having faith and trusting in God. So maybe, and maybe, you know, there's something we need to learn or even better, it's a better way to say we, there's, there's something we need to relearn. There's something we need to relearn. And you might be thinking right now, like, all this child stuff, yeah, that sounds great. Rah, rah, rah. But in the world we live in, the way the world is, you know, as, as you get older and see things, you know, it's not possible to do that. And if you're thinking that, I want to ask you, really? Who told you that? Who told you that? It wasn't God. It wasn't God. It wasn't Jesus that told you that. You know who I think told, told us that? It was our cynical selves. Mm, that, that's fun to hear, right? So I want to ask you, are, are you cynical? Would you consider yourself cynical? This is why we come to church, so we can ask ourselves questions like this, right? But are you? Don't, you don't have to answer out loud. I'm glad you guys didn't. Like, yeah. But I'll be real with you guys. When, when the Holy Spirit gave me this message and I started going into it, I had to check myself. 
I had to ask myself that question. I had to ask God, you know, what do I need to work on, God? And how many of you guys know when we ask God what we need to work on, he'll let us know, right? And very quickly we're like, shoot, why did I do that again? Why did I ask him to show me that? But I saw in my life areas where I was cynical that I didn't even realize. And I didn't like it. I didn't like what I saw. Here's the thing. I, as a child, didn't hang out with my friends on the playground and say, you know what, guys, when I get older, I want to be cynical. Yeah. <laughs> no. No, that's not a goal of ours as a, as, a, as a kid. We don't sit there and say, I want to be cynical the older I get. We don't do that. I wasn't born a cynic. You weren't born a cynic either. So what has made us cynical? Something has changed. What has made us cynical? What has changed us? Because from birth, from God, by design, there's something inside of us that wants to hope, that wants to believe things are going to get better. But life, it doesn't necessarily get easier as you get older, does it? No. Now, I want to say this right now. Um, This word isn't just for adults in the room. If you're a teenager in this room, this could be affecting you right now. Because as we get older, there's not a specific age this starts at. When you start seeing the world and seeing the more darker parts of the world and the darker parts of people, this starts to have an impact on you. And the truth is, that stuff, the darker things in life, we, we can't control most of those circumstances and the things in our lives around us like that. We can't control those things, but... You know what we can control? We can control how it affects us and how it impacts us. That's what we can control. We can control how we handle it. So the problem is, the problem is, as we get older and experience more of these unpleasant things in life, we can take those things that have happened to us, maybe past hurts, mistakes, um, uncomfortable situations, just bad stuff, and what we'll do is we'll expect current and future events to go the same exact way. That's what we do. Now, maybe, maybe you hear that and it doesn't sound like that big of a deal to you. Okay, I'm expecting things to go bad. But that right there, that is cynicism. That is being cynical when we do that. And cynicism has a nasty tendency to bleed into all other areas of our lives. We don't realize it. It's one of those sneaky things where all of a sudden, whoa, what is, what's going on? What am I doing? And maybe it takes you a long time to even realize that. But here's what happens. We start projecting that negative past, those negative things, into our present and future events, and we start trusting people less. We start trusting people less, and when we do that, we start to harden our hearts. Again, it's one of those sneaky things that's not completely obvious. Like, oh, I just hardened my heart a little more today. It's not like you have a little thing on your Apple Watch or your Fitbit. Uh, 30% hardened heart. Ooh, (laughs) got to work on that. No. When we do that, when we harden our hearts towards people, then we start hardening hardening our hearts towards God. And when we close ourselves off to people, we start closing ourselves off to God. We don't even realize it. We find ourselves... Trusting less and doubting more. And maybe it starts off with 10% doubt, 90% trust, and that starts, whoa, 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 more and more, slowly, 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 more doubting, 
and less trusting. So I think, I think that's why Jesus wrote these verses here for us. He wrote them thousands of years ago for us to read today. And I've read these verses before. I'm familiar with them. And I've always kind of thought, okay, you know, what's the big thing behind them? And I look at these verses today and, you know, we're talking about all this, the cynicism, bad stuff. But I think these verses are good news for us. They are good news because it means that cynicism, it doesn't have to be our final destination. Cynicism doesn't have to be our grave. That is good news. That is good news because God doesn't want it to be. Jesus made a way out, showed us the way out, so it doesn't have to be. We can trust again. We can hope again. How? By becoming like a child. So when I was reading that verse and looking at that this week, that phrase, receive the kingdom of God like a child. I couldn't help but think of the most wonderful time of the year. And I think it's fair to say that the most awe-inspiring, wonderful time is Christmas time. Right? Any, any big Christmas fans, you're already counting down the days to Christmas, like, whoo, can't wait, can't wait. See, it's not, it's not just for kids, it's for adults too. And I don't think it's just because of the presents. I don't think that's why everybody gets excited about Christmas. So I, I, wanna, I want you guys to do something for me here a minute. Um, I want all of us to close our eyes in here. Let's just close our eyes a second. And what I want you to do is I want you to picture the perfect Christmas morning. A Christmas morning from your past. And maybe it wasn't as a, you know, maybe not from your childhood, but maybe from time with family or friends or with your own kids. Just think about that. Think about that Christmas morning. Think about the sights, the sounds, the smells, most of all the feelings. Just, just think about that for a minute. Now open your eyes. That is what receiving the kingdom of God like a child feels like. That is the type of Christianity I want to have. That's the type of life I want to have. I want to have that Christmas morning type of Christianity. I want to have a Christmas morning type of life. One full of hope, full of awe, full of wonder. Because hope, those things, hope is the opposite of cynicism. We need hope that things can get better. We need hope that the present and the future isn't going to be just a, a replay of the past and the hurts and the mistakes and the pain. So we, we need to look at ourselves and ask ourselves, can we embrace the excitement and the wonder that we had as children? As children, we, you know, children are full of innocence. Um, we're, children, we just run. We run to our loving Father, trusting Him to, to completely take care of us, to protect us, to, to provide for us, to care for us, and just look after us. So I, I say those things. Does that sound like your current relationship with God? Again, you don't have to answer that. Just think about it. Does that sound like your current relationship with God, or, or do you need to change? Does something need to change? Now, we talk about this, and aware, aware, does that hope and inspiration and trust and wonder, all that, where does it come from? Where do we get that from? Jesus. That's where. Jesus died on the cross for you. For all of us, if you've been in church at all, you've heard that before. This isn't a news flash. But the, it's so, Jesus, the, what he did for us, it's the greatest example of love 
the world has ever seen or will ever see. I don't know. Maybe you've been saved for 60 years. Maybe you've been saved for a couple years. I don't know. But have you forgotten that awe and wonder that you felt when you made that decision and made Jesus Lord of your life? Sure, the longer it's been, the harder it is to remember that and hang on to that. But have you forgotten what that feels like? What that feels like inside? When we give our lives to Jesus, when we do that and make that decision, we don't, that's not like, oh, we stop living for God then. That isn't the final destination we're shooting for. That's just the beginning. When we give our lives to the Lord, that's just the beginning of things. And looking at the verses in Matthew that we started off with today, Jesus tells us we need to change. We need to change and become more like a child. So I think that tells me that when, when Jesus wrote that, I don't think he meant that as just a one-time thing. I don't think he thought one day in your life you're going to arrive at this moment where you just need to change like that, become like a child, and then you'll be good, done and over with, good for the rest of your life. I don't think that's what he meant here. I think what he meant is this is something we have to check ourselves on often. We need to check ourselves and check our hearts to see if we're doing this often. So going back earlier, I mentioned that list of qualities of a, of a child. I just want to make that personal for you guys. I'm going to ask you these. Think about this. Do you need to be more trusting? Think about your current life and situations. Do you need to be more trusting? Do you need to give more people and situations the benefit of the doubt? Do you need to be more humble? You're like, no, I'm good. I don't need to be more humble. Then you probably really need to be more or this one, this one gets me, hits me. Do you need to be more content in the little things? Do you need to regain that childlike faith that can move mountains? Or do you need to be more full of awe and wonder? And kind of to kind of encompasses all of these. Do you need to reintroduce hope into your life? I was interesting because just this week, on Wednesday actually. I was working on this message, and I saw a news thing pop up that Toys R Us had canceled their bankruptcy auction. He's like, what? What are the odds when I'm talking about this? God's giving me this word. So that, that means that there's a chance that they're making a comeback. They're going to turn things around. Now, they're not sure what it's going to look like if it'd be just like an online store or something, but there is hope. There is hope. There's hope that a future generation will sing that Toys R Us jingle that we sang this morning. It won't just be like, back in the day... No, it could be alive and well. I just want to be clear. I'm not saying by any means that God resurrected a faltering toy company. <laughs> I wasn't praying for that. Maybe I should have been. I don't know. But I can see a parallel in that. I don't think it was coincidence that I saw that this week. Something that seemed hopeless, that looked like the end, looked like there was no way out, it was done over with, no chance of turning around, can turn around. Now, I don't know your heart. I don't know your situation. But God does. God does. You do. You know. My prayer today is that each and every one of us in here, that we don't feel like it's our duty or we're stuck with having to live through hell on earth until we get to heaven. That's not what God intended for us. I mean, after all, we are, we're God's children, right? The Bible tells us that. We're children of God. He wants us to trust him, to put our faith in him, like little kids put faith in their dad and their parents. He wants us to be changed. 
So we can come before him with our hearts open, our arms open, just loving and trusting like a child again. And how ironic again that, it's so ironic that being like a child is the perfect example of what it looks like to be a mature, responsible adult Christian. I just feel like that's so God's way, Jesus' way of doing things, the upside-down kingdom where things that don't sound right or couldn't possibly make sense, God uses those just to kind of open our eyes and, and set us straight. Like, be like a child again to be more like I want you to be. So in, in our lives, we can look to the children. If you have your own children, you can look to them, your grandkids, your nieces, your nephews, maybe the neighbor kids, um, the, the kids you teach during the week, the kids you teach on Sundays here. We can look to them as inspiration for us. We can look to them and, and the joy and the wonder, the excitement, the, the hope, the trust, all that stuff we've been talking about. We can see that in them. And instead of being annoyed by it, we can look at that as, as inspiration for us, as a way for us to get more hope. Look at those childlike qualities and, and be more like that instead of worrying about adulting 24-7, 365. Because the world has got enough trouble on its own, right? Enough stress, enough negative stuff going on. We don't need to add to it by any means. We don't. Let's try to be more like a child. So in a way, you could say in order to, to mature as Christians, as followers of Christ, we need to grow down. We need to grow down. We need to be Christian Benjamin Buttons. That's what we need to do. So this morning, as you guys, as you're leaving here today, the biggest thing is we all need to personally check ourselves. We need to check our hearts and look at what we need to change to be more like a child again. Let's go ahead and pray. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this, this time together. Everybody here and those uh, listening and watching online, thank you for the word and the way it just pierces us, uh, not in a painful, hurtful way, but in a way to just help shape us and change us into what you want us to be. Thanks again for tuning in today. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can check us out online at rlcbr.org. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast in the iTunes store or your podcast feed. We love you, and remember to always reach up, reach in, and reach out. Have a great week.